Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. So nice to have your association. It's the topmost benediction. We'll continue with our reading from the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami, 94th Anacheda. 94th Anacheda is a further elaboration upon the idea that according to our method of Worship, we will attain the Lord in that manner. And this is confirmed uh, especially in the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, in the discussion between uh, Gopakumar and uh, uh, Nardamuni. Uh, because something about Vaikuntha just isn't doing it for Gopa Kumar. So Narada is explaining that that uh, actually well there's different destinations according to to different worshippers and the Lord reciprocates with everybody according to the way that he's approached. And he says that in summary form to Arjuna on the battlefield, Yayatabam Prabhajante all of them, as they surrender unto me, I record reward accordingly. So, uh, I guess it's somewhat of a reward to be in the Lord's association according to the the way you've worshipped Him for lifetimes. So, the primary verse here is is a further elaboration on that, showing how when Krishna was personally present. Uh, uh, during his prakat or his manifest pastimes uh, the Lord's pastimes in Vraj and Dwarka his eternal abodes are uh, at least those that are manifest in the material world are sometimes visible and sometimes not visible but uh, they're always going on uh, those that are uh, present during his manifest pastimes, those those present pastimes are called, called uh, prakat. And <clears throat> those pastimes that are realized in his, in Braj and other places of his leela, on earth can be seen by the self-realized souls that can actually enter into them uh, in a meditative state even when others cannot see them they can so those are apricot also the apricot is the Lord's eternal in his eternal abode he's always engaged in these same pastimes a little bit of different format but uh, the same pastimes are there. So no matter what form of the Lord one worships, provided that form is, is in accordance with, uh, with those forms which have been revealed in Revelation, are available through authorized channels. The Lord has authorized schools of... of uh, of knowledge, we call those sampradayas. So, according to how the Lord's he he manifests, and those those he manifests like Lord Ramachandra not only has Ayodhya here when he comes and manifests his pastimes. There's also a Vaikuntha Ayodhya where those people who are worshippers of Lord Ram go and engage with him in a similar way. Same for. Krishna and Dwarka, Krishna and Vraj. This is highlighted in the 10th canto by a verse uh, that uh, speaks about the different ways when Krishna exhibited his manifest pastimes. Uh, at one point, part of his pastime was uh, entering the wrestling arena established by Kamsa. 
Kamsa needed to put an end to this boy. This was just, he couldn't even sleep at night. He was just scared, you know, scared to death for his life at every instant. And he figured, well, I'll just, I'll dispatch this little boy. Enough's enough. I sent all these demons, but when you want to get a job done, sometimes the only way to do it is you have to do it yourself. So he personally arranged for for Krishna to be, you know, to be greeted at the gate and just stomped to death there. Unfortunately, that didn't work out the way he planned. (laughs) So uh, Krishna came into the arena a little bloodied already. (laughs) He was ready for a fight. And uh, he got the strongest wrestlers in the in the land, uh, was kind of reluctant to to approach Krishna directly. So Krishna approached him directly. But as he entered into the wrestling arena, this particular verse from the Bhagavad speaks to the way in which um, different attendees saw the Lord. So we'll read the verse again in English. As Krishna entered the arena with his elder brother Balaram, he was recognized differently by each observer. The wrestlers saw him as a bolt of lightning. The ordinary men folk saw him as the best of men, while women saw him as Cupid personified. The cowherds thought of him as a relative, while the evil king saw him as their punisher and his parents as their child. King Kamsa recognized him as his death, while the ignorant thought of him as something great. The yogis perceived him as the absolute truth, and the Vrishnis as their worshipable deity. So in the last class, we ended up speaking about uh, what Jiva had put forth according to the, the, the form of the Lord and the nature of the display of that form, the form being um, accessible, like a Morty. We can see the Morty. So Morty and Amorty, uh, the Lord being manifest in a form, tactile, can see you can see it and uh, and not in a form that can be perceived in that way like this like the Brahman or like Paramatma you have a sense the Lord's everywhere but you can't really see him you can't can't put his can't put your hands on him um, and also uh, para and apara So visible form, not so visible form, uh, transcendent and accessible, I think we could also say for para and apara. So we'll continue here. This will kind of lead off from what we discussed in the last class regarding, and we can see the different worshippers, their perception of the Lord is is either there's a visible perception or not a visible perception. The Lord is is conceived of as transcendental, spiritual, or conceived of as available to the worshiper in nature, like the like the uh, the Varat Rupa. The yogis see God in nature. Uh, they see uh, see the universal form of the Lord. And they conceive of the universe, you know, with the lower planetary system being his feet and the higher planetary systems being his head, like that. So Jiva Goswami continues in his Anucheda, 94th Anucheda again. Therefore, 
if those who accept the four features of the Lord described in the verse from Vishnu Purana, four features, Murti, Amurti, Para, and Apara, transcendental and more accessible uh, through uh, the empirical method. If those who accept the four features of the Lord described in the verse, verse from Padma Purana, the verse, O King, that absolute is both formless, amorta, and inclusive of form, morta, both transcendental para and eminent, apara. End of the verse. Feel obliged, obligated to characterize his formlessness as a separate class. Okay. Then let that distinction be understood specifically as befitting the worshipper's level of vision. I've explained the proper understanding, but what about, you know, Brahman is basically what's being said. Just as the absolute is perceived as Brahman solely in accordance with the limitations of the viewing capacity. Their capacity to, to perceive the Supreme Absolute. Jiva goes on, To one who has attained complete devotion for him, the Lord appears in a transcendental form. Para Morta. Such as Simasundar, or a four-handed Vishnu form. To the neophytes on the path of worship, he appears in a phenomenal form, a paramurta. What would that form be? The yogis, Vishru. The Bharat Rupa. They see him in, in, as manifest in the material manifestation. So that's for the neophytes. He appears in the phenomenal form, Aparamurta, not transcendental, but eminent, all around us. Oh, another way to look at it. Um, like the Visharupa or universal form, in which Patala is conceived as the feet and so on. To a person steeped in barren awake, awareness, like the desert, empty awareness. Yes, exactly. Rukshagyan, the absolute manifests as transcendental yet formless Brahman, para amorta. But there's a difference between the two. Right, correct. And to one endowed with devotion, in which is found the predominance of gyan. He manifests the imminent yet invisible Isvara, Apara Amorta, the transcendental. And to one endowed with devotion is found in the predominance of Gyan, with the predominance of Gyan. Some devotion there, but predominance of knowledge. He manifests as the imminent yet invisible Ishvara, Apara Amorta, or the indwelling Supreme Self. The latter manifestations, Aparatva, or imminence, is only a re in relation to the supreme transcendental form, Paramurti which is a higher order revelation and for which it is like a stepping stone. So what's being said here? This Paramatma revelation is a stepping stone to Ishvara revelation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's a good place to begin. Yeah, it's... Oh, he says it's aparatva, it's untranscendentalness. is only relative to the transcend, complete transcendentalness of the paramurti. Right. It's still more transcendental than the others. 
Yeah. It's more transcendental than non-transcendental. <laughs> which would be the Virat Rupa, correct. So you have your Virat Rupa. It's a personalized conception. It's seeing the Lord in in his material elements. He's the source. His feet are down there in the hellish regions, and we're in the, the center area, and we can go to heaven in the in the, his, you know, trans his <laughs> right more subtler region. Uh, so it's interesting that you have this this conceptions and these conceptions are well they're like a step stepping stones stepping stones in understanding uh, the supreme and well if you're lucky enough to meet Krishna's devotees, then you can immediately just step right over all of them because you you can be given knowledge. But sometimes you need you need to have sufficient sambandhyan knowledge of these different. It 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 fills in the cracks of the foundation of your devotional understanding to to have these understandings, and uh, it helps. Just like as I said, we're we're here, and so much, so much we've spent on going over what is Brahman and what Brahman isn't. But how much, from a very big, looking back forty years ago when I came, anything to do with impersonalism? Well, that's forget that. That's my that's Sahajiya Mayavad. We don't want nothing to do. No, it's there's a difference. There's Mayavadis and there's Brahmavadis. We don't want to be a Mayavadi, but we don't want to. We don't want to really uh, be overly critical of those people that are Brahmavadis because they're they're following an authorized method. And if we're so fortunate enough and have have the spiritual um, shakti. To influence them with bhakti, that would be a good thing for them. And if we can't, at least we can wish them well, because they're going to need a little bhakti to get there. So, and as I said, we see that what happens sometimes they flip over. Oh, okay. Sometimes they are us a Sukadev or a Kamar. In the same chapter of Vishnu Purana, the statement that form called Vishwarupa is another great form of Sri Hari shows that this form of the Lord is eternal and all-pervading because it is the support of the universe. So here the Visvarupa, which normally you would think would be referred to as temporary, is referred to as instead eternal because it's constantly manifesting somewhere except when Karnadakshai Vishnu withdraws all the universes. Maybe. Okay. At least that's the way I remember hearing it, but maybe there's always a universe somewhere spinning around. <laughs> I read something interesting, a, a different... Uh, different explanation from a different uh, I forget the source uh, where the universes were were seen conceived of as being within the pores of Karna Dakshai Vishnu yeah. within the pores as opposed to coming out 
I thought that was an interesting reading. Uh, the statement, the form of the Lord, while existing as the support of everything, is free of expectation, indicates that the Lord's form is free from extraneous qualities. Further, it explains that his form is of the nature of the supreme transcendence, paratattva. One should meditate on him, the embodiment of Brahman. Jiva goes on. Finally, by the statement, he is transcendental to the three manifestations of the Absolute. So now Jiva's making, okay, so we've talked about the Absolute in this way. Now let's talk about the, the Supreme Absolute, the, the, the other, the topmost manifestation which is revealed in correspondence to the consciousness and internal disposition, bhava, of the perceiver. So again, the point is being made. This is, these are all quotes that Jiva is using from the Vishnu Purana. Uh, it is shown that the supreme transcendence, paratattva, is beyond the three familiar manifestations of the absolute. Vishwarupa, Ishvara, and Brahman, which are revealed respectively in correspondence to the paths of karma, a combination of jnana and karma, and exclusive jnana. So Jiva is saying here that familiar the spiritual seekers, transcendentalists, are, are these, of course, these paths and these forms. So the, the, the karmi, karma yoga, those that practice karma yoga, try to get everything right, everything lined up right, their revelation as spiritual put forth here is Vishwarupa. And then a combination of karma and jnana uh, corresponds to a revelation of Ishwara and strictly jnana Brahman. Now this, this is going to come out a little bit more in the next Anucheta uh, where the glories of the the Bhagavat Purana are spoken of in relationship to the topmost revelation. When you say Ishwara, do you mean um, Narayan? No. no I Ishwara, we're talking about this the other night. Ishvara is the conception of the Godhead that has to do with the material world. The eminent absolute. And I think we could say also, also um, the Purusha avatars, Karna right. Dakshai, Garba Dakshai, Kashira Dakshai, mm -hmm. Vishnu. So eminent, what we have access to, although we can't see them. But they're the, the, the conceptions that are there for the for the karmi and the the jnani together, though that type of worship, they conceive of the supreme in that way primarily. And then those who are steeped in only jnan veer more towards Brahman, which is there's no the the jnani has given up material involvement. Now, the karmi, the kar one who follows karmakanda, they still have some investment within material existence. Mm -hmm. So there, it's an interesting correspondence. So 
the jnani, he's given up all connection with material existence. So his conception is just, I'm Brahman, the Atma. He's only interested in the Atma. His knowledge, however, is limited until what? Until he's blessed by Bhakti Devi, who's completely independent in this regard. So Bhakti is unique. Bhakti, Bhakti weaves her way throughout the Shastra, throughout the Veda. She shows here and there, but without the Bhakta to bring out, then these are the primary understandings of the various transcendentalists. So you really need, you need that extra, or you need one other thing, and that's going to come out in the next Anucheta. You need the Bhagavat Purana, who by itself is a sun who can light up because it is the a topmost manifestation of Bhakti. It'll be interesting to see how he brings that out. So he's just he's now setting a setting a groundwork here as to let's understand what the various transcendentalists are and understand you know really this is what we've tried to get across here in this Bhagavat Purana is according to according to the method the methodology the the approach of the transcendentalists not all revelation is the same. There's something to be said for all these different paths, but they apply to people who are at different stages of spiritual. And some people stay at that stage. They're content, you know. But if if you're content just with what? If you're content just with with karma and the karma conda path, what's your ultimate destination going to be? Heaven planets and then back to earth. Right. In all likelihood, uh, you'll come back. You'll you'll fall down from that realm, but you can advance from that realm too. It's not. Nothing's not nothing's written in stone. It's not like oh well, if you go to heaven, you're definitely going to to fall. No, there's devotees throughout Krishna's universe. <laughs> so, but these are the points that are that are, the jiva's bringing out here, and using primarily as the praman, the evidence for this one anucheta. Um, this uh, Vishnu Purana. Even in the absolute characterization as the supreme transcendence, para tattva, the utterly complete manifestation of that supreme reality, samyak prakash, because it is revealed only through pure devotion it is that entity alone who is self-endowed with form. It is that entity alone who is self-endowed with form. Thus it is said, he is the auspicious shelter even of the transcendental self, the all-pervading consciousness. So thereafter... In the remaining part of this chapter, this is one chapter that that Jiva's drawing on. Um, the statement that uh, the statements that advise withdrawing the mind from the form of the Lord should be understood as intended solely for the worshippers who adhere to radical non-distinction. And our definition of radical non-distinction is those people that are are your Brahmavadis and your Brahmavadis who have who have misconceptions, 
I think primarily in in when the terminology radical dis, radical uh, non-distinction is used, we can think primarily of the those that have taken up the misconception put, put forth by Sankaracharya um, in his presentation of uh, the Veda. Jiva goes on. For in the third chapter of the first canto, the Lord possessing form is described as the source of all avatars. This is an interesting point that comes after. This supreme person, the second manifestation of the Purusha, is the imperishable seed of the innumerable avatars appearing within the cosmos and the abode to which they return. That's Kishore Dakshai Vishnu? I think it's Karna. Karbha Dakshai Vishnu. Karbha Dakshai Vishnu. First you have Karna Dakshai Vishnu, Karna on the Karna Ocean. right, then you have Garbo Dakshai Vishnu on the Garbha Dakshai Ocean. And then you have Kishiro Dakshai Vishnu, who's basically Paramatma, and he also has his own abode. Right, he's on Sekadiva. He has, yeah, his own abode. So here it's it's referring to the various avatars coming through uh, Garbo Dakshai Vishnu, the second Purusha, and the abode to which they return. From a portion of his, i.e. from Brahma, and from a portion of that portion, i.e. from the sages such as Marichi, who were brought forth by Brahma, the gods, men, animals, and other life forms are created. The characteristic of that, characteristics of that form are given at the beginning of the chapter. While this Purusha was sleeping in Yoga Nidra on the casual waters, casual waters, Brahma, the chief of the creators of the universe, appeared from the lotus that grew from his navel lake. Indeed, that form of the Lord upon whose limbs the expanse of the planets is imagined to stand is endowed with potency and situated in pure being. With profound vision, the Rishis see this extraordinary form with thousands of feet, chests, arms, and faces, a thousand heads, ears, eyes, and noses, brilliant with a thousand crowns, vestments, and ornaments. Ramanuja has something to say in this regard. Uh, Ramanujacharya, the form of the Lord is distinct from this universal form. By this statement, it is established that the absolute truth has a real form that is different from the universal form. So now Jiva's going on and he's trying to make a distinction between these various manifestations of the Lord as they're conceived of and as they're realized by various transcendentalists and what we consider the supreme absolute personality of Godhead who is the source of everything. We know him as, as a, a small cowherd uh, boy, but other transcendentalists conceive of him differently as Narayan and Vaikuntha, etc., Therefore, Bhagavan is naturally endowed with the characteristics listed above, and it is thus concluded that he is the primary import of the Vedanta, Vedanti verse, and as such, the original complete tattva referred to there. So, just let, let's understand, we've been talking about one verse from the Bhagavatam, Varanti tat tat vavidas tatvam yajjanam advayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti sabjate. This is the original, absolute, supreme personality of Godhead. That's what's referred to in this verse. All these other 
manifestations of the Supreme that we've talked about. Amorti, Amorti, Para, Apara, all according to the method of worship that the worshiper has for the Supreme, they're all either portions or portions of portions. And specifically in regards to the material manifestation, you can see that uh, you can use that as a, as a way of getting, as an angle of vision. Here you have Garbo Dakshai Vishnu, you have Brahma coming out and manifesting the universe. You have the Marichis, the different sages coming from Brahma and manifesting different aspects of living entities to fill up those universes under Brahma's direction. But understand who God is. He's not even the Garbhodakshai Vishnu, but he is the Garbhodakshai Vishnu, but he's distinct. There's a distinction between this manifestation of the Supreme. Mm -hmm. In Vishnu Purana, this has been explained with different references to Bhagavan. Absolute reality has two features, morta with form and amorta, formless. These two features can be either perishable or imperishable in nature and are situated in all living beings. The Supreme Brahman is imperishable, aksara, and this entire cosmos is perishable, Sara, Vishnu Purana. So just a summarization uh, verse. Uh, Parasara has something to say, and this is also from the Vishnu Purana. O sage, the Aksara is eternal and complete, whereas the cosmos is subject to the divisions of appearance, disappearance, creation, and destruction. Again, I think, I mean, there's so much here, but it's, it's really Jiva's methodology. Let's look at this from every angle. Let's pound the post as deep as we can even crushing any rocks that may be in our way underneath the ground. You may have something down there you didn't even know was there in your consciousness. But we're going to we're going to take this as far as it as required so that it's substantial. The post is solid. The meaning is that this Parabrahman, called Aksara, is eternal and complete. But the cosmos undergoes the changes of appearance and disappearance, creation and destruction. The words appearance and disappearance are intended for Sri Vishnu and his expansions, whereas birth and death are for all others. We use the same terminology. It's just explanation Jeeva's bringing it out the Lord manifests or does not manifest and you and I we we born and we die <laughs> so Jeeva's just Jeeva's Goswami's just bringing that out okay when you say man don't look at yourself and say well I manifested because <laughs> that's the wrong terminology for the Jeeva <laughs> you were born born as every living entity in the material realm. I manifested from an egg, you know, no. The words appearance are intended for Sri Vishnu, okay. Because Devas like Brahma and Shiva appear and perform other acts in the universe, they are counted as part of it, but they are not so in reality. They fall into a special class. Shiva, Brahma, 
Uh, I know we've heard different things about Brahma, but uh, mostly look at Brahma as having a transcendental body uh, is probably a better way to look at it, at least from from what I've read. Not only when it's Krishna, but also when he, it's, he's already completed his material, what is it, a hundred perfect, absolutely perfect lifetimes. Um, so you would imagine that after that many lifetimes, you know, there would uh There would be no more karma, so there would be no necessity of a of a material body. Well, his name is Aja. Aja meaning unborn. Unborn, yeah. He, he comes. He, he he comes in a lotus. Yeah. That comes out of the navel lake. Right. Good point. Thank you. That's not, yeah, it's not a Vishnu Purana further explains that Bhagavan is distinct from the perishable forms Sararupa <clears throat> because he is eternally situated in his own abode. Furthermore, he is distinct from the imperishable Aksararupa, i.e. Brahman, because he has transcendental attributes like form. He is the third form beyond both Sara and Aksara, the ultimate form and nature of Bhagavan. In this way, skip a little something here, but in this way yogis meditate upon him before attaining Brahman realization. That he lies immediately behind Brahman is to say that in accordance with one's progress on the path of worship, Bhagavan is the truth that is revealed immediately after realization of Aksara Brahman. This is also in conformity with Gita 1854, where it is said that he manifests after the realization of Brahman. This is the meaning. Also from the Gita, since I am beyond both the, inf the fallible Sara and the infallible Aksara, I am known both in the Vedic language, literature, and among the people of the world as Purushottama, the Supreme Person. Uh, again, just to clarify the meaning of Aksara, although the word Aksara in the Gita 1516, the unchangeable self is called Aksara, refers to the pure Jiva, it can also indicate Parabrahman because it was earlier stated Aksara is Parabrahman, Gita 8.3. Since both entities are purely conscious in nature, the word Aksara refers to them both. Jiva finishes up. The original complete person Swayam Bhagavan. He's the source of all that we've been discussing here. He's the background who is certainly endowed with form, Morta, has all the characteristics of the Supreme Tattva under discussion. Everything that I've said in this Anucheda regarding different manifestations of the Supreme, it's included in, in Swayam Bhagavan. With this in mind, Sukha said, the wrestlers saw Krishna, as a lightning bolt, etc. In the same way, he directly states this conclusion. The yogis saw him as the absolute truth. Yogis refers to those such as the four Kumars. From this analysis, it is clear that the primary meaning of the word Brahma is the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna. He being the greatest of all and the source of everything. He is the Advaya Tattva, the non-dual absolute reality, and he manifests in various forms.
In the next Anucheta, Sri Jiva Goswami will explain that Srimad Bhagavatam is the topmost Vedic literature because it, because it has the power to attract the absolute reality, Sri Krishna. So that's the next Anucheta. And it's also an extensive Anucheta. Jiva just continues to bring his point home and now he's wrapping it up and in wrapping it up he's going to make sure that the the uh, the package is tightly bound that we have no question just in a closing remark in regards to the Anucheta we just completed which was two or three classes Shijiva Goswami demonstrated that Bhagavan is the complete and indivisible as absolute reality. And that all other manifestations are dependent on and thus inferior to him. This is the central theme of the Bhagavat Sandarbha. The primary meaning of words like Tattva and Brahma find their support only in Bhagavan. According to the degree of eligibility of the worshiper, Bhagavan manifests in different features in his personal form to the devotees, as Paramatma to the yogis, and as unqualified Brahman to the jnanis. To the devotees who are influenced by his majestic feature, he manifests as Ishvara. All these various features simultaneously exist in the person of Sri Krishna, the original form of Bhagavan. So when somebody comes and says, I know God, you can inquire for them as to the level of their understanding. And if it's in conformity with this 93rd Anucheda, of the Bhagavat Sandarbha, if they're able to explain, as Jiva has explained, you can say, yes, you know God. Any questions or comments? Yes, ma'am. So, you said that the four Kumaras saw the Lord as absolute truth. My tiny little brain says it's absolute, I mean, is that a form? Absolute truth is a form, or it's a what? As formless? It's all that we discussed this evening, is it not? So the four Kumars saw. The four Kumars, as presented in the Bhagavatam, went through a revelation. Right. They went through a revelation. They went to Vaikuntha to see the supreme form of their of the Lord. But their practice up to that point and even their conception up to that point was incomplete. So that when he says that then it's prior to their revelation? Yes, that's what I was referring to. Okay. Sukadev Goswami also he was Jivan Mukta. So the Kumars also coming from Brahma, well, they're actually incarnations of the Supreme, the knowledge of the Supreme, the knowledge of the Self manifests within material universes. That's what they represent. That ideal, that ideal that's attainable by all that one can give in their own effort. You can realize the the nature of the of your of being. They're the ideal of that within a universe. But they threw their ideal out the window when they saw the form of the Lord and smelled the fragrance of the Tulsi buds on his, it was all of a sudden they experienced something beyond everything that they knew of, of transcendence 
They knew all that was knowable of transcendence through self-revelation up to that point. Then, by the mercy of Narada, it says, they were given the opportunity to experience the Lord's personal form. And luckily, it stuck with them. It doesn't always stick with the Brahma bodies. Some of them, as Vishwanath points out, take their hook-like mind away, even after experiencing ecstatic symptoms from seeing the form of the Lord, they extract their hook-like mind from that form because of their hard heart. Who can conceive of it? We can't conceive of that. Hopefully, ever. We won't have that problem. Does that answer your question? They, they went as tourists. Narayan is an the, the form of right. Narayan is an aspect of the of the uh, featureless absolute, which was their ideal. And oh, let's go. Oh, and and it's there in, in those Vaikuntha Loka. So let's go check it out. Um, ab about the the verse, the uh, tenth canto verse. Um, as uh, Jiva, uh, Jiva Goswami uses it on one level here to um, examine different kinds of realization. And I find it interesting that Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu also uses this verse to acknowledge different how Krishna is able to reciprocate with all kinds of love. It's used to support uh, Rupa, Go Rupa Goswami uses it to support the very first phrase of Bhakti Vrasamri to Sindhu, the very first epithet of the Lord in Bhakti Vrasamri to Sindhu, Akila Vrasamri to Murti. Mm. Uh, he can reciprocate all kinds of love. And so this is, here's a book about loving that person who can, who can receive and reciprocate. It's used by Rupa at the beginning or by... Jiva in his commentary on the beginning. Akila Rasamrita Murti? No, the tenth canto, reference to the tenth canto. Oh, I can't re now, now I have to look. can't remember if it's, in, it's mentioned in the commentary or if it's given in the... And then one of the verses in, in support verses. of the first verse. I have to look again. I see, I can't remember either. Anything else? Thank you so much for your association.